Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Welcome into Kicking It. I am your host for the week, Grant Mahoney. Jeff Woody is on vacation, so we called in the ringer. Nate Schuster is here to join us. Nate, how you doing? Doing great. Super Bowl Monday hangover. Phew. What a game, too. Um, we can dive into that here, too, if you want to talk about the Super Bowl for a little bit. But Kicking It is brought to you by Kelderman Manufacturing, um, and we are coming to you from the Wild Rose Casino studio here in Ankeny, Iowa. Um, let's talk about the Super Bowl, though. Um, man, I felt bad for Purdy. I think he played... Uh, I think he played well. He he didn't do anything bad, um, but his line sometimes they just you know, like the that that one towards the end of the the overtime where Jawan Jennings Jawan Jennings won, but uh, Purdy had a guy right in his face and just toss off. No one was there. Ayuk was wide open in the middle of the end zone. Obviously, that wasn't his read. He had to get it off, but felt bad for him. If you had to tell me before the game that Brock Purdy would have no turnover plays fumbles or interceptions and Mahomes would have one. I would probably say the Niners won that game. Yeah. And you, you know, Purdy did play well, um, which I'm, I mean, I'm proud dad, you know, um, he, he didn't play great, like I said, but he did enough for them to win. It just sucks that, you know, McCaffrey, sure handed guy fumbles early on. There were enough turnovers though. Cause Pacheco obviously fumbled and Mahomes turned over to well too, um, you know, through an interception. The th- I think the big thing for the 49ers is they didn't capitalize on, on turnovers and the chiefs did. And you know, when you have a, essentially a muff punt in almost the, the red zone, it's, you know, teams are going to get points off that. And that was really the biggest difference for me is with special teams. And ironically, you know, kicking it is usually a special teams geared podcast. So um, it's, it's wild though. It's wild that, you know, the small, you know, you, th- you think a, a punt is a, essentially a small play, but it ends up being a, a huge play and maybe the difference of the game. And then obviously a, a, a PAT, which we don't really need to talk about blocked PATs because I've had, you know, correct. Yeah. Um, that's all we need to say. Um, but that ended up being maybe the difference as well too. You know, instead of being up four, they were only up three. And I told one of my buddies I was with when that PAT got blocked, I go, I wouldn't be surprised if, if this game goes overtime and Kansas city wins it in overtime, um, just because of the flow of the game and how no one is really scoring touchdowns. Um, that's exactly what happened. I don't have, you know, I don't know the lottery numbers, so I'm not that good at predicting the future, but 
Yeah, great game though. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was a big part. I thought Niners got banged up with injuries too. I mean, yeah, Kittle going out, right guard Feliciano went down, and that's really why that play happened was because it was Greenlaw, backup right. Greenlaw too. I mean, he went down on like, fluke. It was I mean, complete fluke. Oh my god, that was such a yeah. He might like, miss next year too. That sucks. I think I've never had an Achilles injury, but I've, I think Achilles injuries are brutal. He needs to get on the Aaron Rodgers recovery plan though, because he came back in like two months. Yeah, but I don't know if you really want to be Aaron Rodgers right now with everything that he does. He's a little, a little, little out there, but you know, a little rough around the edges. But hey, if you're healthy, you're healthy. That's right. That's right. So, um, Super Bowl is a great game, though. Um, I don't, I don't think this is the last time. You know, I think I, I actually I heard uh, on Williams and Bloom come driving in that um, the 49ers are the favorite favorite to win next year. So as they should be. I mean, Purdy is. I don't know if he's the. He might be the lowest paid court starting quarterback in the NFL, which allows the Niners to build around him. You know, wherever they need to. Um, I would say they for sure need to get a veteran lineman or two um, and then re-sign, you know, Bosa and whoever else might be a free agent this year. Um, I was looking at their cap situation and just contracts overall. Really the one piece that they need to re-sign this offseason was, is Chase Young. And they just, Chase Young, that's what they just yeah, yeah. traded for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think everyone's under contract through 2025. That was a core piece right now, including Brock. I think he's under contract through 26. I think they have a good shot. I think they probably need, yeah, like you said, interior line is going to be a big piece for them because you can't have Chris Jones wrecking your game up the middle. But I'm a basketball guy. What do I know? Yeah. No, I, I mean, that's that's always going to be the knock too is that Trent Williams is, you know, the stud, the anchor on the left hand side, but he can't block all five guys. And, you know, the that final play before they kicked the field goal in overtime, like I said, Brock had a guy right in his face. It looked like they're either the right guard or the right tackle. Just let that guy go. Um, and one of the best defensive linemen too, I would just let him go. Um, Good game though. Um, good learning lesson for Brock. Obviously, would have been great for him to win, but um, get that taste and you just you know had that edge on on you all season, all off season now. So he'll be back. There, there's one thing that I think needs to be addressed is that the 49ers didn't know the yeah. overtime rules. Yeah, that is um, that's really alarming. I think this was the yeah. first year that they were implemented. That was they, the first game. First too. game. First game. I think they. It's been around. I think it was 28 playoff games that they have played. This was the first overtime. This was game? the first one that. The, like since the rule hasn't been implemented, yeah. I think. So it's been around for a couple of years now. I think it went into place after uh, Chiefs Bills. Yeah, a couple years ago. That makes it even worse. It's been yeah. for a few years. That they but I mean, at the bare minimum, they knew coming into the year, like the Chiefs, they said that they practice this in training camp. Like if they get down to the Super Bowl or any playoff game, they want to kick off, and then if the opposing team scores a touchdown. The Chiefs score a touchdown, they're going for two, and they're going to win it. I love that. So, yeah, which is the way to go about it, I feel like, for the most part. What I, what I thought was interesting, too, I think Tony Romo had mentioned it, that, you know, when you win that toss, you... Because you, I think, what, regular season? I think it's regular season. If you score a touchdown, it's game over. Yep. But yeah. in the in the playoffs, it's each team gets a... You know, no matter mm-hmm. what, each team gets a chance. So I think one thing that was interesting that Tony Romo said was the the Niners had just been on defense... And so they're probably going to be gassed. So that's why I feel like most teams would probably want to be on defense first. So you know what you have to right. do. Yep. Um, and what one thing Tony Roman says, like that's probably one thing you're thinking of is, okay, well, our team was just out there for, I think it was 13 play drive for however many minutes. They're probably a little gassed. Um, and yeah, they, that combined with, they didn't know the rules. Um, yeah. It just thinks because Shanahan, uh, he's been out coached now three different Super Bowls yeah. that they were up, you know, at least mm-hmm. 10 points. So 
get that monkey off your back eventually. I think they will. Um, but it just it just it's gonna suck being that close and then coming up short. I think it's a little alarming when there's multiple people in the Super Bowl party that I'm at that are like, "Why are you taking the ball first? Like, I don't think it takes rocket science or any sort of football degree to to know that you probably want it second. But and on top of that, you don't want Mahomes to have the ball last. No. Yes, that's a big thing too. No, I heard Don Williams and Bloom, one of them called Mahomes the goat. I said, "Well, we just Tom Brady just retired, and all of a sudden we're calling him the goat." I get it; he's young. He's been to the Super Bowl five, four or five times, and five won, times. won three of them. That's that's impressive. To call him the goat over Brady, though, I don't know if we can go quite there yet. He has to double his career ring total mm-hmm. to have six, and that would just be his New England career. Yeah. So if Brent and Chris are listening, maybe hit the brakes on that just a smidge. Um, okay. Enough. Enough football uh, talking. Let's, let's pivot to basketball. Uh, we welcome in George Condit uh, later in the show, but let's dive into the to the games from this week. Nate, what do you uh, what do you think, man? Some big wins. Huge you're you're, you're uh, number 10 Iowa State Cyclones. Let's go. First time since 2001 in February. That's huge. Yeah. This is to think of this team in a Jamal Tinsley, Marcus Pfizer way is insane coming into the year. I mean, I thought we were pretty young. And to be honest, if you go back and listen to these podcasts, I didn't have as high of expectations as as what we're at right now of being number 10. I thought I told you, know, you Elite Eight is the floor. And you're right. Right now, if you know, for 10. We're knocking on the door for that elite aid in the AP poll, at least. Yeah. But we're I, knocking on in every metric, too. I think Iowa State right now is knocking on the door of being the 2 3 in Omaha. I think, I think if Iowa State wins, they play at Cincinnati. I think when it comes this recording on a Monday, and I think we're going to come out tomorrow. So Iowa State plays tonight, um, Tuesday night um, at Cincinnati, which I think Cincinnati leads the country in rebounding. Like they're a solid team. They almost knocked off Houston. So play them really tough. I was yeah. watching that game. Um, so is that so much that, you know, you think Cincinnati is good at home, Houston didn't play well on the road, um, or maybe they just Cincinnati got up big for it because both of those are former AAC schools, so maybe they knew Houston a little better than maybe some of these Big 12 teams? I think that's part of it. I, I mean, Houston wants to make every game a rock fight. I think if you look back at the UCF game and UCF had like 30-something points going to the last four minutes of the game, felt the same with this Houston game, and – it was close until about the last four minutes too. And that's what I expect this Iowa state game to be tonight is it's going to be a rock fight. And because the way that we played Houston was the same way that Cincinnati tried playing Houston. I think we're going to try to match those styles. I really like us this game. I, I really think the only game that we have a chance of losing is at Houston the rest of the way. I think we will finish out the season with a 14 to four conference record. Yeah. Which should be awesome. You know, we, we had talked about earlier in this early in the, the season on the podcast that if Iowa state just go nine and nine, just go nine and nine, you're in. No, man, forget that. We're gonna win this damn thing. So if if Iowa State only loses to Houston, um, Houston, I, th- I think Iowa State has played the toughest Big Twelve schedule thus far, and Houston has played one of the weakest. I want to say. Yeah, they're like eleven or twelve or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So they've got some, you know, they've got some tough, some tough matchups coming up. Obviously, they've got Iowa State um, has to go to Houston, but they, you know, they play Houston's next next few games. They've got a bye this week. Um, during the week and then they play Texas at home on Saturday, which they should beat them because Texas is, they're kind of, you know, hover on the, 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 the booty cheek metric there. And then you've got one day to prepare for Iowa state. Who's coming down to Houston. They only have a one day prep for that. Yeah. So, so they play Houston plays Texas on Saturday at, at noon and then Monday, I'm guessing it's a big Monday game um, at six. They play Iowa state uh, at, at Houston. That's so, huge for us. 
Yeah, because well, you can't one game prep against this defense. No, because then Iowa State has Cincinnati obviously tonight, and then Texas Tech on Saturday, and then Houston. So each team only gets one day of prep. But yeah, it's 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 tough to. I would say it's a tough team to, to prepare. But I, but you know you know the Kansas is or like the Kansas that the Houston has this game circled. As soon as Iowa State beat them, they had this game circled. So yeah, they're, they're going to come out guns blazing. I'm sure. I think a big thing we should be looking for throughout this week is how do we show up against Texas Tech? Because if we start out flat, that tells me we're looking ahead yeah. to Houston. Yeah. So yeah, that that and and you know, like George talks about, Texas Tech um can be a tough place to play at too. And I mean they're they're playing good ball right now too. I feel like they're going through kind of a similar experience we went with year one, Coach Otts. They're kind of having it right now with Coach McClaskin from North Texas. I mean I I'd forgotten they got a new coach. Yeah. What about that old guy? Uh I think he was, for lack of a better term, kind of a perv. Oh, yeah. He, didn't he, I don't want to get this wrong because it's he heavy accusations. Brothers. But yeah. He, he what? He married his brother's, or his late brother's wife. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of scummy, yeah. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of stuff came out towards the end of the season last year, and I don't know if he stepped down or if he was asked to step down or how that exactly happened but i don't know but he's not there anymore yeah but this guy uh he was a baylor assistant right baylor point? Assist- yeah baylor so assistant then north texas now he's like the scott drew jerome tang and mccaslin you know that a tree is infiltrating the big 12 well hopefully mccaslin you know his apple fell a little further from the tree than jerome tang's did hopefully it fell Jer- kinda- jerome tang's actually his, his his apple fell way away and then because i mean scott drew is he hit the loony buck at the tang that's where he fell there his conspiracies yeah if if anyone really thinks that Iowa State is, first of all, has Casey ever sent a text message in Hilton Coliseum? We beat this dead horse, but keep going. I mean, come on now, but I, I digress. Like, <laughs> I can't even hook up to the Wi-Fi at Hilton, and I have the password for the press room. Yeah. And whatever. What, what, what I think is odd is, um, speaking of, obviously, I'm not looking, I'm not looking past the, the Cincinnati game, um, you know, to the Texas Tech game, but is, like you'd mentioned, if Iowa State does come out flat, they might be looking ahead to Houston. Texas Tech, though, I mean, they've they've been ranked for a while. I guess they are coming, you know, last two of the three last games they've lost. They lost to Cincinnati at home, which Cincinnati is a, is a kind of a sneaky good team. They're playing good ball right now. They lost to Baylor by six at Baylor, but then they were ranked 23rd and beat UCF, and now they're not ranked. But Tech has uh, Kansas at home, and then they have to come to Iowa State. They have to come to Ames. So, I can't. I and we're, we're not going to would. Iowa State's undefeated in, in Hilton, so not going to chalk it up as a W just yet, but it is, you know, ESPN's given Iowa State an 86.7% chance on the matchup predictor for what it's worth. Yeah, I I really do like that chart on ESPN with the BPI. Uh, I think it's more right than wrong, and it's similar to the way that the Kempom stuff works, and he's also more right than wrong. And yeah, the other piece too, I don't know if you guys pay attention to like the quadrant of excellence or the trapezoid of excellence, but uh-huh. Iowa State is right in there with hey, these are teams that analytically can win the national title. To your point, Elite Eight might be the floor now. Yeah, and I'm not trying to put the cart in front of the horse. Obviously, I was kind of being facetious when I said Elite Eight, but maybe not so much now. It, it, I think you know, in the, when it comes down to the March Madness tournament, it's matchups is a huge thing. And so, um, you know, any Davidson school or UMKC or whatever it is, UMBC, um, you know, they can get hot and catch on a, on a, on a bad shooting night or whatever, and they, they can get hot and be hot on that night. Um but yeah, if I would say just just plays their game. I mean, seems special. They're they're a they're they're a fun team to watch. And I think this TCU game was you know, was was a huge game for for Iowa State to win. Obviously, they won at 
um, TCU without Taman, the first time I played. And then, yeah, it just came on and, yeah, I mean, nice win for him. They you know, won by 12. I feel like both games we didn't really have Taman. He was in foul trouble this game too. And to be honest, he wasn't he wasn't playing very Taman esque ball. He had a couple. Um, I was texting a buddy. He he had a couple turnovers. I'm like, what are you like? What are you doing, man? Um, not trying to dog him. Was Taman's my guy? Um, but he just he looked off. Some some of them looked off. So yeah, he, and he only played 23 minutes. So, um, your boy Jiggy came up big again, and Keychon's playing good ball right now. And and I think we only got five points from Elon. So the fact that he didn't really score and, and yeah, he went two for 12. seven. And I would say still my still my 12. Um, you have some some things you want to talk about for for the TCU game? Yeah. So one another Saturday Trey King game. He seems to show up for those. Good call. Uh, did against Kansas, did against TCU, both 15 plus point games. Uh, big things I, I got from this game and really from the last two games, free throw shooting is taking a big upturn. Three point shooting is taking a big upturn. I don't know what they're doing in practice, but they should keep doing it. Good call. I didn't know. Yeah, I would say it went uh, 15 of 18 from free throws, which was huge. It didn't really matter much in this game, but it will uh, in, the, in both tournaments, March Madness and the Big 12 tournament. I think it would have mattered a lot more if TCU doesn't shoot 50% from the free throw line like they did that game. It's true. But I, I just think overall. I chalked up to good defense. True. Uh, and good mental mental games on the free throw line. Hey, you're going to miss this shot. Did you ever do that? Uh, I do in my rec leagues now. I didn't play enough to... Dude, that's so bush league in your rec leagues. Oh, Those games don't matter. Uh, when someone's talking back to you, they matter. Uh, but if... I didn't play when the game really mattered. So these games matter to you now? Well, when you're playing a little bit more than like the last two minutes. Where do you, where do you play at? Uh, right at Hy-Vee on Grand, the rec box. Nice. Okay. Yeah, Wednesday night leagues. When when, when I was um kind of diverting here, um, but when I when I was in high school, I was a, I was a JV all star guy. The, our starting point guard from our school uh, went to Gonzaga, Grant Gibbs. He's now an assistant coach um, for the Oklahoma City uh, Thunder, and nice. he he was the G League uh, blue head coach up until slash this is his first year being on the Thunder staff. But so I was a point guard. He went to Gonzaga, and then our backup point guard, who I'm biased, I didn't think he was any better than me, but he was the AD's son. And so you're not going to bench the AD son. And I two plus two equals grand on the bench. Well, machine gun Mahoney, you know, never saw a shot. Didn't like just letting it fly. It's going to go in who knows. Um, but also when the team was doing, you know, stuff in the summer, going to camps and stuff, I was doing football stuff. So the camaraderie wasn't there, but your boy was locked down on defense and just chucking from three. Damn. So we killed it in the JV squad. That's like, we, we want to ring my junior year. I'm going to, I'm going to claim that. Um, but J, our JV squad, dude, we just, beat the brakes off of off teams. But what I guess what I was going to say is in practice, I would always guard um, like our center and just be a, just a, a, a gnat. And I'd, I'd always, when I was guarding, I'd always pull shorts down just a little bit, just, just to annoy him. Um, I was always, you know, if, if I'm the, the shorter guy, I was always usually a shorter guy in football. I was usually a lighter, you know, uh, weight wise guy. Um, Got to play those mental games at times. Um, maybe Bush league at times. I'm not talking shit while someone's shooting free throws. That's like two Bush league. But oh, um, just before they get the ball, not while they're literally shooting, just like, hey, you might want to make this one. If you really want to be like that guy, go to the three point line and just like right behind him. Yeah. Just talk shit about his mother. Your mother's in the stands naked. <laughs> See what he does. That's See, just... my thing in practice was. Um, Do you play basketball, Aiden? I did, yeah. No way. I was also JV All Star. I thought you'd be like a tennis type guy. I played five sports in high school. No big deal. Whoa. Name the five. Uh, football, basketball, track, soccer, baseball. Soccer guy. Okay. Every year yeah. I told, I told the soccer ass. coach I was going out and I never did because every year someone would tear the ACL and every year I realized I can kick footballs decently well. I don't yep. want to tear my ACL. Sorry. So anyway, basketball. 
me and like one of my best friends would always end up guarding each other because we were like the same height and stuff in practice. And I was a scout team guy. So every time that I would get the chance, I would just bend over and untie his shoe. Oh, yeah. At, at the free that throw would, line? That, well, whenever, pretty much. Yeah, if yeah. we were just standing there, it was like pretend to stretch or something real quick. Sure. Touch my toes, you know. Gladbrook Rhinebuck. Shout out. That's right. What, what, was, what was your guys' mascot? Gladbrook Rhinebuck Raiders? Rebels. Rebels. Close. A little controversial, but. UNLV. Yep. UNLV, they've got a really sweet song. We played there my freshman year. They would play a song. It was like a custom song over the loudspeaker. It was like, UNLV, I'm a rebel. And me and Guy were like, we got to find this song, man. Couldn't find it. So it might be like a like a J-Mac type. Of, right. I can't remember the name of that song. Yep. Banger, though. I can't find it. Um, like, all in, I think, right? Might have been, yeah, with Tech 9 Maybe. Do you know what song I'm talking about? Wait, I'll, you're talking about the Jake McDonald run, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I think he had a couple songs. Coming through is what it's coming through. He had that one too. Coming yeah. through. That's yeah. one. That's that was a more recent one, I think. It's a banger. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, back to basketball here. Yeah. Uh, last piece on TCU is there was a couple times where we we run special situations under out of bounds plays, out of timeouts, and those are all. I don't know if the listeners know this, but that's all Coach Crawford for the Cyclones, and including the last shot against Baylor with Milan that where they shot probably should have counted with the time discrepancy, but it didn't. That was also one of his drops. I just want to give a shout out to him. He's been cooking up something crazy this year. So is, is Crawford, is he just, you said just inbound plays or is he? So all the coaches, it's a brain trust, but he specializes in that where Nate Schmidt is specializing in, in half court, full court offense. He's special situations under out of bounds plays. So yeah, so you know, let's go through the coaches and just kind of, cause I know like Kyle Green is like, his thing is all defense and, and bigs. Yeah. Right. And JR is defense and the guards. Okay. So, and then T, when those guys are saying like, hey, maybe I want to run this play, they're going to say it to Coach TJ. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So, so is, T, run that play. is TJ just like hitting curls all practice while these coaches are coaching or like? I, mean, I think he's probably touching a little bit of everything and just making sure things are going in order to plan. Because I mean, if he's spending all four times with all four different segments, I think he'd never get anything done. And what you guys will hear later is that is kind of the case with, with Coach Promas. You know, he's too nice, wants to make sure everything can be done, but there's a big difference with coach Hots making sure that things are run to his way, but he's also given his assistant coaches enough creative control to know that things are going to get done the right way. That's good. And I feel like as an assistant coach, as an assistant coach, I feel like that would be, if, if you have a strength, like you brought me on for my strength, like let me, you know, exhibit my strength, which is, I mean, Condit was great, you know, and we've had some, some great bigs. I think if Kyle Green was at Iowa state, well, he, I guess he was for one year for Condit which he kind of had a great senior year, but I think had he been here for all four years, yeah, Condit would have been, I mean, he's in the G League now, but I think coming out of college, he could have maybe gone to the G League right off the bat. So when I talk about later in the interview where we're talking when he was leading the league of blocks and he was a really high draft prospect his sophomore year, he was supposed yeah. to go late first, early second. Not too often you're getting a, a guy with, he had like an 11% block shot rate which is crazy, like one in every he 10 led, shots. He led the country long. for yeah. a while. Yeah, and it was right before we played Oklahoma State because they had a guy who was also doing it too. And then I think George finished with like two blocks. That game, that guy had like six, so it just threw it all out of proportion. But uh, I couldn't tell you what the game is. There was Trez Tinkle, which is a terrible name. What did you say? What did you say? Trez Tinkle was the coach's son's name. His last name was Tinkle, like urine, which, I mean, if you're into that thing. I think Aiden is. Um, so look, looking at um, Cincinnati quick, um, their leading scorer is Dan Skillings Jr. 
he's a guard, averaging a little over 12 points. Their rebound top rebounder is um, Victor Lacken. He's averaging about seven rebounds. He's a forward. And then their assist is a guy named Day-Day Thomas, about three points a game. Um, one thing about Cincinnati, they have a guy on their team whose name is Jizzle James. Did you know that? Yeah, I'd listen to him, uh, listen to the announcers yell his name at the Houston game. Um, I, that can't be his real name, I, I have to imagine, right? One would hope. He's a, he's a freshman, but Jizzle James, number two, averaging seven points a game. I thought he'd be starting with a name like Jizzle. Um, it's like Kool-Aid McKinstry. Almost. Jizzle and Kool-Aid's a little different. Yeah, in terms um, of liquid. I don't want any Jizzle uh, in my Kool-Aid. Oh, This is Edron James' son? Jizzle can't be his real name, though. No, his full name is Edron. So I did know I, I did know that okay. they said that in the broadcast. Um, is Jizzle's middle name is that like a, a a nickname? Like for all the nicknames, Jizzle. Come is on, Edger and uh, Jizzle James. What's on his Hall of Fame bust? Good question. EJ, good pick. So much ass. He was Colts guy, right? Oh yeah, you know the right guy. Yeah, Col- yeah, Edgerton, Edgerton and James and yeah. Peyton Manning. Peyton Man thing. Those are my buddy's fancy football team names for all paid man thing. Um, but Cincinnati, they're I mean, Cincinnati's playing good ball. They yeah, they lost to they lost to Houston by five. They beat 15 rank at that at that time, 15th rank Texas Tech by three at Tech. Impressive win. They lost to Kansas at Kansas by five. They beat UCF by eleven when they're home. Lost to West Virginia at West Virginia, kind of head scratching. Beat um TCU at home in overtime. Uh, barely lost to Baylor. I mean, they, they've had some close games, and they've been right there. Lost to Texas by one. I mean, this this is gonna be a tough game. Um, and like I said, they I th- I'm pretty sure they lead the country in in, in rebounds. I think it'll be an interesting game. Uh, you said his last name was Skillings, right? I've yeah. Make sure I get his last name right. Yep. He's gonna be an interesting matchup for us. He's a guy who's kind he's kind of Milan size, you know, larger guard, and our front front two guards, Gilbert. Lipsy are smaller. I'm, I'm really interested to see who guards him one-on-one in that matchup, but whether it's Trey King or Milan, I think that's going to be the key to this game. Uh, I'm really not too worried about our guards taking care of business on their guards. He's the key. Uh, Surprisingly, he comes off the bench. He's not a starter for me. He's leading the team in scoring. That's, inter- like, that's interesting. That was actually my high school career. Yeah. yeah. Junior year, I came off the bench, and I almost led the conference in scoring. Look at you. Yeah. So shout out to that guy. So yeah, they, I mean, they, in Cincinnati they've, they've got a pretty pretty old team. I mean, a lot of a lot of juniors um, and seniors. They've got a guy named Aziz Ben Bendago, seven footer from Senegal, um, good looking dude. So it, it'll be a tough game. Yeah, I, th- I think the Bigs will have their hands full. I think um, one thing I think has kind of gone um, underappreciated maybe is just the the growth of the defense of the Bigs this year. I think Hassan is playing at an all Big Twelve level especially all defensive team level, if there is that in the big 12. Um, there is. And then, you know, Rob is, I mean, he called, you call him big Rob energy for reasons, you know, he's got a lot of energy and then yeah, Trey just continues to show up when we need him to. So I think our bigs have taken a, you know, a, a big step forward um, this year. So it'll be a good game though. Um, do you want to give a prediction for the game? I love giving predictions usually wrong. Rock fight. Okay. Take the under. Okay. We win this game. But by less than six points. Oh, okay. So, so right now, um, I don't have a line. Poor podcasting. I thought I had a line. Um, okay. So the under win by less than six. That'd be great. That'd be a great win. I don't know if it'd be a quad win, quad one win or not. But um, either way, that'd be a good win for the clones. So, 
Um, anything else you want to talk about the games before we dive into our Goldfinch Athletics interview of the week? Uh, what else you got in your card there? No, I think te- Texas Tech's my last card. Uh, I think we blow them out on Saturday. Really? Yeah, I don't think that game's close. I think it's going to be very similar to these two TCU games. Oh. Not too worried about them. One thing I did want to ask you, um, Iowa State, I feel like a lot this year, they've gotten up, you know, 10, 20 points and then just whittled that away. What's that about? Obviously, it happened It happened again versus TCU. and ended up winning by 12, but they were up almost 20, I think, at one point. I think part of that is the style of defense is so difficult to maintain for 40 minutes that, you know, you hit a rotation where maybe Lipsy and Gilbert were out against TCU for sure. I noticed that, hey, every time Gilbert was out, TCU in the second half would kind of creep back in a little bit because we're losing the downhill drive of Gilbert. That's what I was noticing. Okay. Uh, part of it's just the age-old adage of basketball's game of runs. Shit's going to happen sometimes. I don't think it's anything to be worried so much. I mean, if you watch any NBA game, whether it's the Boston Celtics, Kansas Jayhawks, whoever it is, there's going to there's gonna be a moment where, like, are we going to lose this game? And I think that's what's been the case here is some teams are kind of making, like, a faux, like, hey, this is our last stand kind of deal, and then they fall off at the end because they realize that you can't keep up that level of efficiency with our defense. You had mentioned it, too, that obviously last year – um, jazz is huge. He was getting charged. I felt like 10 charges a game, probably not that, that high of a number, but, and then this year they've really buckled down on the charges called. And so they've been trapping kind of on the baseline there. Um, I've noticed that so much, like since you've noticed that, uh, since you, since you said that, um, and defenses, I think are really struggling. I think Iowa State's doing a really great job at double teaming and trapping where they need to. Um, and not the teams like don't know how to get out of it, but when you're trapping kind of on the, you know, just beyond the block, and everyone's rotating and you're forcing the guy to almost kick it to the opposite corner with, with the hoop right. That's, that's a tough pass to make. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the defense that I would say has instilled is, is so impressive. Um, one last thing I want to ask you before we dive into the interview. Um, I feel like TJ does a really great job at getting his teams prepared in January and February to play their best ball. Um, and they're playing really cohesive, really great ball right now. And I think that the transfers are finally like they're up to speed. Um, and Keychon hasn't played a whole lot of basketball, so he's been playing really good ball lately um, for someone who has or has not played a lot of basketball. But what do you feel like um, is is like the secret sauce for this team? Like what's really encouraging that you've seen um, out of this team that can give um, you know listeners or just kind of some motivation or some hope that this isn't just a flash in the pan and, and this team is legit and potentially, like you said, can make a run for a Final Four maybe? So segment that into two parts first part i think this team is so prepared because everything they do has been done the same way since last year okay the same practice they've had today and or yesterday is the same practice that they had in august okay so it doesn't matter who it's playing sometimes might be scout at the end that's what they're doing the thing that really intrigues me about this team and gives me hope is have you have you heard the billis talk about arizona and how why he loves arizona no so all five of their starters average double figures, and all five will likely go to the pros in some aspect. Iowa State has proven that they can win a game with a good game from any one of their five starters, whether it's Ward, Bob Jones, Curtis Jones, Trey King, like against Kansas, or like Saturday against TCU, Lipsy and Gilbert, enough said. It doesn't matter who's going to get hot. You can kind of count on one of them to get hot, and it's going to keep you in a game. They also, there's been one game... What has been the issue the last few years with this team? 
they don't have like a go-to guy, like a all three point shooting, three point shooting being one, but at the results of games, how often were we looking at, you know, scores in the forties yeah. and the fifties, yeah. they have one game this year under 60 points and yeah. against Houston yeah. and they won. And Houston's obviously no slot. They're the number one defensive team, top three for sure. Yeah. And they're also in that trapezoid quadrant yeah. of excellence that, that we're in. And I think that's really encouraging that we're not getting held to those kind of shit box scores of, Hey, maybe Kalsher is going three for 11 one night. No shade to be meant to throw in there, but there were some games where that happened and, or whoever it's like, man, we just could not hit the broad side of barn from three. That doesn't happen anymore. Even, even the games where it's like, wow, we only shot 25, 30%. We're, we're finding it elsewhere. So that's, yeah. that's what I'm happy with. And, and I've, I've, I've noticed that too, is that there's no really, I, I think, you know, Milan has established himself as the go-to guy at the end of the game. But as far as like needing someone to get hot and do their thing, there's, I mean, anybody in the starting five, really the top six, seven guys playing could go off. So it's encouraging and it's, it's fun to watch. This, this is a fun team to, to cheer for. And um, you know, hopefully they, they continue it through March and, and into the tournament. Um, so we're, we're going to dive into our Goldfinch Athletics uh, interview of the week. We've got George Condit, um, future Olympian here uh, that will be joining us. Um, he is currently with the, the Portland Rip City Remix. Rip City Remix. Um, so yeah, let's dive into it. Chicken. All right. And now we welcome in former Iowa State great basketball player and future Olympian for the Puerto Rican team, George Condit. George, how are you? Thanks for joining us today. I'm doing good. How are you guys doing, man? Hey, we're doing well. Hey, um, let's let's uh, let's dive into it. So for all the listeners who don't know, um, give them an update. What uh what are you doing right now? Where are you at? Uh, so I'm currently in uh, Portland playing for the uh, G League team here. Um, signed on the Exhibit 10. Uh, so they, Portland has my rights here to, you know, bring me up, pull me down, whatever they want to do. Uh, but, you know, I'm just taking this opportunity this year to kind of learn, develop. You know, I, I went overseas my first year. Um, learned a lot over there. Uh, was fortunate enough to win a championship in Puerto Rico. Which was amazing. Um, when I was in, when I was in Greece, I played in Euro Cup, which was another great experience. So, just thought I'd take my talents to the G League, try to learn and develop here, and uh, become the best player I can now. Heck yeah, man! And I was gonna say too, you had a you had a great career at Iowa State, and then you know after Iowa State, your career's kind of even taken off too, um, yeah. even to you know to, to new level. So that's that's great to see. Um, I guess my first question for you is, what are, what are some things you think? like the most significant things you learned from your playing days at Iowa state that you, you feel like took you from, you know, being a, a great high school player to a, to a solid college player that now you carry with you, you know, into your pro career. I mean, it's the, that's the quote I had, you know, I lived by that, that tough times don't last tough people do. And, you know, um, we went through some very, very, very tough times. Uh, I laugh about it all the time because I, uh, to everybody, man, I, I, I've been at the highest and the lowest of Iowa State, literally. Yeah. In, in two <laughs> years, in two years, I've, I've seen the highest and the lowest. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, there, there was a lot that you can take from it personally. Um, but I would say just the worth, uh, work, worth ethic of it, um, I, I took that, especially my senior year, you know, being coached under TJ. He taught me a lot about that. Uh, so I'm I'm really a grinder now. That's what I do a lot. I just grind everything out and, you know, wait for my moment. That's it. 
That's good. I'm, I'm going to dive in one more here before I let you dive in here. Um, so I, I'd forgotten that TJ coached you last year. So what would you say would be the biggest difference between um, TJ and, and Coach Prom? Prom was a great coach. Uh, don't get me wrong. He was a great coach, a great person. I just felt like he, uh, he was just, he was too nice, you know? If, am, I, am I wrong, Schuster? No. Okay. Okay. Oh, he he was just uh, too nice. A lot of a lot of things slid. A lot of things slid, and um, I put more guy. emphasis on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he's a great guy, great coach. Uh, I still love him to this day. Uh, I'm glad he's doing good at Murray State. Uh, but the discipline under TJ was it's a completely different factor. Um, TJ's a real military guy, you know, his father grew up in the military. So he likes things to be done in, in organized fashion. And if it's not done, then it's not going to slide. So that's good. Yeah, that's good. And, and we, we see that too, that, you know, the, the, you know, the guys getting up early doing the, you know, the five o'clock soccer field workouts and yeah, um, yeah. no, that's good. And I'll, I'll throw in a, a funny thing for you. Um, they don't know, but uh, there's a lot of people that do know that even even Rob Jones, if he sees this, he knows. Um, there's a thing called 7 a.m. dunks. And we used to be in the practice facility 7 a.m. doing dunks. Um, it was my senior year with uh, D-Rob, Daniel Robinson, before he had got the head coaching job at Cleveland State. And every morning, no matter how bad we felt, no matter if we were hungover, drunk, no, nothing, right? 7 a.m. dunk still had to happen. And uh, those were some tough times. <laughs> those were some tough times, man. And George, D-Rob in the morning, huh? D-Rob in the morning. Jesus Christ. Shout out, Coach, by the way. Uh, so... Big piece for you, uh, and I was talking with the staff, Coach Byers, said that they, you made a huge jump between junior and senior year in terms of discipline. How has yeah. that led you to be the player that you are? I mean, going from Division One to overseas, now back domestically, how do you think you've grown as a player from the last, let's call it, since that 2-22 and 22 year? Um, it, it, when, when TJ first came in, you know, he really kind of changed the whole aspects of things. And that summer going into it was one of the hardest summers I've like trained. Um, that summer was uh, a crazy one for me because not only did I have to have my internship done that summer, I had workouts in the morning. After I had workouts in the morning, I had, so I had to go from workouts in the morning, internship, workout again, shooting, and then I get the rest of the day. And that was like every day, like clockwork, clockwork, clockwork. Um, and it got me ready because I was preparing for the pre-Olympics uh, then when I had to go to Serbia and, you know, uh, have the pre-Olympics uh, with the Puerto Rican national team then. And uh, we were just preparing for that. And the discipline I learned from that is just, man, getting up every single day and grinding it out every single day no matter how tired you are you still got to grind it out because the people that win get do those things you know the, the the people that that want to 
hang a banner, the people that want to win a championship ring and stuff like that, want to be put in positions that we were put in to do. You know, uh, they do those things. So they kind of separated me. Um, and that, that's something I, I take into uh, I take into now, um, you know, being a professional athlete, you know, working out, making sure I'm taking care of my body. Um, best thing I, I ever did is get a girlfriend who's a dietitian. Uh, <laughs> uh, so she helps me out a lot. Uh, shout out to my girlfriend, Johnny, you know, the head dietitian over there at football. So. Nice. Um, so you, you had kind of mentioned the, you know, the, uh, the, the Puerto Rican national team and, you know, you guys have to win the, the prelims this year to, yes. to get, to get the Olympics um, later yeah. this year. And you guys are going to, I'm, I'm confident you guys are going to win. Yeah. How stoked are you to, to, obviously you've, you've represented Puerto Rico now for, for a few years, but how stoked mm-hmm. are you now to not only represent Puerto Rico, but also have the chance to play in the Olympics? Uh, not many people get to do it, man. Yeah. Uh, that's how Yeah. I was going to say not many people can say they're Olympians. I mean, that's yeah. What so, uh, to be, to be, uh, have an opportunity to say I'm an Olympian is, something that I would never take for granted, you know. Uh, I'll probably get it tattooed on me. I was just going to say, you're going to get the tattoo as well, too. You got let to. everybody see it, man. Everybody got to see that I'm an Olympian. Um, and, and that's not the end goal, to you know. Go to Olympics, you know. That's not the end goal. Uh, the the end goal is to place, you know. We, yep. we really want to compete with the, with the best in the world. So um, I want to prepare for that. I want to get better uh, no matter what happens. And... Uh, I'm I'm ready for this the opportunity this summer, man. I can't wait for it. But right now, I still got to get better with this uh, with my team, the remix right now. So that's right. And that, that's a great opportunity for you because I feel like you know a lot of guys. Everyone's watching the Olympics, and you, you've seen guys who just show out in the Olympics, and then you know, the NBA is calling them. You know, as soon as, yep. as soon as the Olympics are done. So I mean, well, yeah, what a what a great opportunity for you. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, my my route is a, a different route than most people's, but I'm gonna make it there some way. <laughs> that's your race man run your race yeah yeah so george tell the audience that might not know about mm-hmm. some certain battles that happen in practice or before practice oh you're talking about the one-on-ones oh me and Correct. Used to go at it every practice we go one-on-ones and man those are good times those like it got the body going it was one of those things that like i needed to like all right, I'm, I'm ready for practice now. Because practice dens were, were long practices. But um, those one-on-ones were needed, man, for sure. Those are good times. Schuster got, a, Schuster got the best of me a few times. Definitely got the best of me a few times. So are you guys uh, playing like 21 or what? what the, no, nah, it was just like, low? I think like first to 10. Yeah, we played like seven games first to 10. Everything was yeah. one. What, what was your usual go-to move? I feel like going against a guy his size, you got to kind of do some, some rip through, some Kevin McHale. <laughs> yeah, don't get blocked. No, Schuster had a Schuster had a nice little. Uh, he would get to the he would get to the left block and fade and like float it high, and I just couldn't get to it. Hit that Momchilovich, huh? It was like a really discounted Momchilovich <laughs> Dollar General. Yeah, yeah, the Dollar General version of, of <laughs> that'd Milan. be upscale actually. So, George, you, um, I, I think TJ's recruiting has taken Iowa State to a whole nother level. Yeah. Um, but, but really, prior to you know his last couple of classes, your class, you know, with with THT and Halliburton um, and the Zion four, Griffin, four, yeah, Zion, Zion Griffin, um, might have been one of the best classes that's come through in in a long time. Um, yeah. 
how, how does it feel for you seeing, you know, obviously your career, like I said, is, is taken off and you're doing well, you're doing your thing. But then you see Halliburton who's playing literally at an MVP type level. And then THT when he's, you know, he's healthy, he's playing well too. Mm-hmm. What's it like for you seeing those guys, you know, who came in the same time as you out there just balling? Man, I'm, I'm happy for them. Uh, I, I, to this day, I, I promise you, I'm happy for them. Um, uh, I try to reach out to them, talk to them as much as possible. But, you know, we're, we're all busy doing our professional lives. So whenever I get the chance to, I, I reach out to them. You know, Taylor has uh, his family and everything. So I reach out to his family. You know, Tyrese, we all know Pops. Pops is, uh, Pops is still going to be Pops. Uh, I, I actually got the opportunity to talk with them um, when we played USA for the World Cup. So I got the chance to speak with Pops and 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 everything, man. He was he was excited to see me on the court, and just happy to see me playing and happy to see me doing well. Um, and I, it was vice versa for 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 Tyrese. I was happy to see him doing well, and I and I knew like Tyrese always had this uh, always had this thing with him. Uh, that he just wanted to get better each each year. I remember going from freshman to sophomore year. You know, he told me like, "Gee, we're gonna be in the weight room every single day. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna work every single day." And if Schuster was there, he can tell you, our chemistry were like this. The minute he gets injured, you know, season takes a turn, unfortunately. Um, but I, I understood him like the back of my hand. You know, he can, me and him can run pick and roll all day, and I, I know what he wants to do. He's crafty, man. I saw saw the play the other day where he, you know, from the three point line, threw off the, back off the backboard and hit the corner. Yeah, and oh what's what's crazy is that Kobe did that same play on the exact same day. Yep, same court, same day, twelve years earlier. Mm. That's wild. That's wild stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so a lot a lot of Iowa State fans know that your dad was a was a defensive lineman for Iowa State uh, yep. in the nineties, and so obviously you're a legacy recruit. Did you feel any any pressure coming into Iowa State? Um, no. uh, two different sports. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. I thought it as like, you know, uh, my pops had a legacy, but I want to leave something there for myself. And, you know, um, it's kind of ironic that I was number four and I'm fourth in all time blocks. There you go. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So um, that that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, the, the Sweet 16 banner up there is, is amazing. You know, the Big 12 championship with Schuster was, was great. So I, I got the opportunity to to really do it all at Iowa State. Um, there were some frustrating times then, uh, for sure. I, I definitely went through some frustrating times. Um, but to have the relationship that I do have with the fans, with the city of Ames, with the the university, it's it's amazing. You know, I, I, I always love it when I'm able to come back and uh, just, you know, be around, you know, um, it, I, I have an apartment there, so it's amazing. So do you think that, you know, your family history there and all what you have with Iowa State, do you think that created more passion for you when you committed and started playing at Iowa State? You think that it could pro- uh, possibly um, there, you could say that a little bit. Um, but I really fell in love with Iowa State when I took the official visit. Uh, you know, when I when I seen how things were when it was uh, when tailgating was tailgating. Like you know, it's still tailgating here, but it's not. The RVs are, aren't there anymore. <laughs> they're they're over there. Um, 
but you know it, it's I, I can remember everything about the official visit from morning to afternoon afternoon to night it was just amazing amazing visit and I, I i fell in love with it then so george you're you're obviously a tall dude and you're blocking shots you know all the time and you know dikembe had his had his his finger yeah. wiggle so i was like i was a kicker so i was never really i was not really on the field and you know being a guy you just you know in, in pads you just want to you know come out and hit someone so my mm-hmm. thing you know, being the dick I am on a kickoff, if someone was standing around just watching the play, I would try to ear hole them and, and declete them. And, right. and you know, my, my line was always get your weight up, bitch. When I would, when I would do that. To <laughs> so, so I want, I want to ask you if, if you have any, like, like your go-to like shit talking line or something you say oh, to a dude sure. after, after you block the shit shot. Out of here. That yeah. shit out of here. This is a <laughs> quick one. <laughs> you thought this was, yeah. Like you That's, thought you had an easy layup. No, 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 no way. That's great. But, um, uh, I want to say it was my sophomore year, I think. My nephew had just been born, and, like, his thing was always waving. So whenever I, I got for, like, a five-game span, every time I blocked a shot, I would just go like this. Nice. And, yeah, it was just towards him. That's, that's cool. That's cool to connect the dots. Was that when you had that really good stretch where you were, like, second yeah. in the country in blocks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That was that that was that stretch right right when like you came back from Bahamas, played Seton Hall, all that Oregon State game. Yeah. Um, what would you say is if you've got, you know, one or two or however many, I guess, um, like your favorite memories from from being Iowa State, what would you say are, are a few of those? I would definitely have to say uh going to the sweet sixteen is definitely one. Um you got the KC, uh winning in KC was amazing. Um, don't remember much from that night. <laughs> the night you guys won it. The night we got the night we won in KC. I don't remember too much, but I remember a little bit. Um, I remember Naz showing up. That's all I remember. Um, uh, let's see. Do you have any like any locker room stories or any um? Like practice, anybody like getting, getting fights? I would or... like to clear the air on this one. All right. I definitely would like to clear the air on one thing. There was a situation with me and Meryl Shayok. My freshman year, me and him got into a little scuffle. And a lot of people put the blame on me when it was just like it, it escalated from on the court to off the court. And I had no intentions of it being involved in it but then somehow some way i got involved in it so it was just like you know a lot of shit talking happening on the court you know it was a good it was a good hard practice you know we had dell going at it mike jacobson going at it um terrence lewis was going at it meryl shayok you know all all the guys were going at each other and i'm like fuck it man let's just keep playing keep playing let's go let's go like they, it was one situation where we, they didn't call the foul. And I'm like, bro, let's, let's, let's keep hooping. I don't want to hear this shit. Like, let's keep hooping. Everybody, everybody talking shit. No one's doing anything. So we go into the locker room. Uh, words were exchanged there. I'm like, bro, everybody just shut up. Ain't shit going to happen. And then that is what happened. So okay. we, me, and, me and Meryl got into a little scuffle. It was no, there was no malicious hate in between me and him. There never has been. Shit, I I just played against him when he was a 
playing uh, in South Sudan, and me and him are still talking to this day. We're we're cool. Like, I have no issue with him. He's he's an OG. I I love that guy to death. I hope he does well and everything. Uh, but I definitely wanted to clear the air on that. I never Put it on the to, record. Yeah, never got the opportunity to do that. But um, any other locker room stuff? Like we knew we knew that uh, that that Nate was working out in a, in a wrestling uh, singlet one time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nate would Nate would steal something from every school. He would steal <laughs> one does. thing from every, every road game. Fucking I didn't know we employed game. a felon here. Well, it wasn't proven until about eight seconds ago. Well, <laughs> this may be Nate's last podcast. Yep. No, 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 no. It wasn't. It wasn't like he would. It was steal. minor. It was like whatever. It was like he would like take towel. a little. Yeah, like he would take a little something that had something to do with each school, like the stadium and, giveaway. Yeah. The what? Like whatever like they would hand out. Oh, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like okay. that. That's not too bad. What? Yeah. We, we, we played at the, the the pinstripe bowl my senior year. We played at Yankee Stadium. I don't know if you're here. I told the story. Oh, that's amazing. And um, my, my locker was Jorge Posada's locker, and next to it was Alex Rodriguez's locker. Well, he had a stack of like hand-drawn posters from a from a fan, and had uh-huh. a sharpie in it. Well, I snatched one of those posters, rolled it up, and took it with me. So we've all done some dumb stuff. <laughs> Sounds like something you should do. Yeah. Just do that like 18 times, and then you would be me. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. What else you got for George? So just wanted to add to what you said. Like, as someone who was there you're fine. Like dude, we fought on that team felt like every day. Oh my God. We fought so much, but that, that, that team was like, it was so crazy because that team was like, <sighs> that was the year, bro. It was really supposed to be that year. Like that year, Meryl Shayok, Nick Weiler-Babb, Taylor Horton-Tucker, Tyrese Halliburton, me, what we have, uh, I think Solo was out that year. Yeah. Solo Michael, got hurt, but M. Jake was good. Michael Jacobson, uh, Cam, me, uh, Zion will come. Zion will come off. Zoran, T. Lou, like we were. T. Lou, who's still playing? He's on like his eighth year of yeah basketball. <laughs> but, Do you remember what the group chat was for that team? What the name was? Let's see if you remember. Oh man, it was a dumbass name. No, it was good. It was a good name, but it didn't work in our favor. Well, oh, uh, Final Four. Final Four, yeah. Yeah, because we the, thought we were going to make it. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, what, I mean, what I mean, we completely were invested to making that run. It was just... I think back to that day where we played, bro, and just everyone was exhausted. We had two practices that day. It was just bad, bad, bad situation, bro. Bad, bad situation. Playing against Ohio State, the very last game of the tournament that day. Is that the Aaron Craft? No, it's not Aaron Craft game. No. It was the Wesson brothers, and we lost by, like, what, one or – it was a one-possession game at the end. Yeah, we lost at the end of the game. And uh, I think, like, uh, Bab took, like, the last shot in the game. But it was just like, man, it was that game where – Tyrese had like something happened with Tyrese and um, like, I think it's like they should have called a kickball and they didn't call it or something like the refs didn't call it. Everyone was pissed off. We thought everyone got, but we digress too now. It's all good, you know, but we, we all had the, we all had the, 
mentality of winning it that year. Like we 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 was like, okay, we got Oklahoma. Uh, I can remember to this day, Ohio State. Then we played Can uh, Kentucky, and then after Kentucky, we were like, all right, Sweet Sixteen. Whoever's in the Sweet Sixteen, I think it was like gonna. I think it was like Tech that year. Uh, I think we were gonna play Auburn. Uh, okay, and then we would have played Tech if we would have yeah. beat Auburn. Yeah. So we just met up and like it's perfect. It's a perfect. We like planned this whole thing out. Like we're, it's perfect opportunity, perfect thing. Like we're gonna make it. Like there's no one telling us we can't. And then we get bumped the first round. And it was just like, bro, it was so heartbreaking, so sad, bro. Because like, uh, that it, it was. We all knew that was the year we could have done it. Have you been able to watch the team much this year? Yeah, yeah. I catch what, are, what, are, what, are, what are your thoughts on the squad? Oh man, I like the squad this year. Um, they got a lot of uh, good pieces, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of good pieces that fit. I feel like uh, the games that they do lose, like it's just small, minute things that they mess up on, and you know, things that you probably see in scout that, like, oh, you got to close it. People don't know scout is really important when you're a professional. <laughs> like you don't you don't do scout. Like if you're not locked in on scout, like you're not gonna get a job. People aren't gonna pay you in the, in the league and stuff like that, but but it's just, it's the small things that that happens in scout that I think that they can they can fix. Uh, I'm not saying the coaches are doing anything. I'm just saying that the players and lack of discipline on stuff on on certain things and stuff like that. Um, and you know it's college, man. Momentum swings are fucking hard, you know. Yeah. Um, Playing at different arenas, you know, it's different. You know, college is college. There's nothing ever going to be like college. Uh, I would, I would say that. Yeah, and 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 basketball in college is different than football. Obviously, football, yeah, you get, you get 12 games. Whereas basketball, you're getting, you know, 25 ish games, and, yeah, and yeah. you usually have, you know, two a week. So you're you're traveling, you're moving a lot, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm sure those, you know, those those trips to to Texas to Oklahoma, and um, I don't think we play. I don't. I would say plays at Central Florida this year, but that'd be a long trip too. I was so I was so happy they pulled out the win against Texas because the last time we beat Texas was 2015. I know it. In Texas, it was 2015. Man, bro, and I was so pissed. I never got the win against Texas. Send him out. Send him out on the on a loss. Get out of here. Yeah, it was, it was a great, 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 uh, great experience. Great experience. Speaking of road games, give me your top three road arenas from your college career. KU, Tech, Tech, for sure. Tech why, 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 why Tech? Texas Tech was just, oh. They they go on a run, and it's like the whole freaking floor shakes. Hmm. Um, plus, you got the students over there that bicker a lot. They they talk a lot of shit over there. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, and I guess funny shit talking. Like I know some, like there's some, there's some students that used to do the whiteboard thing, and they hold up who the fuck likes Iowa. <laughs> so, um, but Tech, uh, Kansas. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say K State because they weren't like that. Other than my freshman year, but it wasn't really packed out like that, like how it is. It's getting now. Um, Oklahoma State was never like that. Oklahoma, no. 
Baylor was probably pretty good when, when you guys were there, right? Baylor was definitely packed. So, but but the only reason Baylor was hard to play in is because they had these loud ass fucking speakers, mm. like the annoying loud ass fucking speakers. Like it's not loud in Baylor; it's just loud speakers. And I'm it's it's so annoying. Um, yeah, I would give I would give Baylor that I guess if I had to give anybody anything. Um, it would be Baylor at third, but I, I still take Hilton over all of them. Have you watched uh, any games at Baylor this year? Mm-mm. Oh, it's brutal. They, they've got they got a new arena that only seats like seventy five hundred people. And, really? Yeah, and and their cameras like so high up that it's it, it's really hard. Like, make sure you you are if you do watch a game, make sure you're taking in small increments because you might get like like motion sick, like seasick. <laughs> it's brutal. Flip, be firmly flip planted on the ground. Like, after, yeah. after the first quarter, you're like, all right, I'll watch the second quarter of another it's, game. It's brutal. Like the, the I, I don't know how to explain it, but like the, the court, like it moves so like oddly that that does not make sense. So be prepared if you ever do watch a game at Baylor this year or maybe even next year if they don't change it. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. I think I'm hard. good on that. I think... Um, I'm trying to think of anything. West Virginia was I I like was iffy. Like it would like it would be packed and then it would not be packed. It would be packed and it was like an on and off thing with West Virginia. But yeah, I think that's really it. Texas Tech TCU was never like that. They got like that. No, TCU my sophomore year, it was packed. That was the game we went to overtime and lost to Nemhart by a fucking 30 foot off the glass mm. bank three. I hate that day. <laughs> <laughs> that one hurt. That hurt. That was a game. That was a hell of a game because that was the road. That was our first Big 12 game. And Tyrese and me were having a hell of a game that game. Yeah, I think you had like 20 and then he had the triple double or something crazy mm-hmm. like that. And we still lost. Dang. I was like, I was so pissed. I was like, yeah, bro, this is this going to be the one that's going to put me on the map. Everybody's going to No, we still lost. I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, you, you got anything else for him? No. Uh, I'm just really happy. Dude, I love you like a brother. So, oh, always. I mean, you get to be on here. Yeah, man. Appreciate it, guys. Man. We, I, yeah, we, we, we appreciate you jumping on. We know, we know you're a busy guy and glad you carved out some time for us here. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So definitely, definitely. But if you, uh, do yeah. have do have a small announcement. I'll see anybody in Ames on February seventeenth. There we go. So there we go. Put it on your calendar. George kind of back in the homeland February seventeenth. Yeah. yeah. Well, we appreciate it, George. Thanks again. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you guys. I appreciate it, man. So that was our Goldfinch Athletics interview of the week uh, with George Condit. Thanks, uh, Nate, for getting him on. Thanks, thanks George, for, for, for joining us. You say thanks for having you. Yeah. You're welcome. I'm always grateful to be here. Awesome. <clears throat> I'm glad you like to to be here. Hopefully our listeners like to listen to you. Um, that was great though. Good to hear from George. Um, yeah, he said he'll be back. I think what a week from two seventeen yeah. Saturday. Yeah, Texas Tech Saturday. He'll be there for Texas Tech. So if you guys you guys see him, make sure you, you say what's up to him. Um, and as far as Goldfinch Athletics, I'm not quite sure what they got going on. Uh, reach out to Jeff. He'll know. But uh, I know they've got a lot of a lot of stuff going on for the Des Moines Public Schools. So it's kind of all I've got. Nate, you got anything else before we sign off? Go Cyclones. That's right. Um, so thank you to all of our loyal listeners who are still listening. 
And as always, remember, adopt, don't shop.